Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Here's what you're going to ask me, Roger. I don't get too These questions at the end might just sort of tip me over the edge. Well, what can I say? <laughs> we'll just push you away from the table, right. <laughs> so you don't make any racket. I am in a beautiful home in Blair Gowrie, which I've never been in before, mm-hmm. with Charlie Oliphant. Thank you so much for doing this. Well, it's a pleasure. Well, thanks for asking me. And uh, I've, I've been listening. To, yeah, well, I've been listening to your podcast. You know, I've uh, you know I've listened to Andy's one, obviously. I yes. know Andy quite well, and. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great thing that you're doing, and yeah, it was it was interesting. You know, I heard some stuff about Andy I didn't know before. Really? I'll, I'll still I'll still be friends with him, of course. But uh. <laughs> so I must say, I better say we're talking about Andy, the outcast. Oh, Andy Kenny, of course. Yeah, yes, Andy the, Kenny. the original outcast. Yes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed his podcast. So um, yeah, I think it's a great thing you're doing. I'm I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm, oh, that's you know, really kind. Thanks. <laughs> Wasn't <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> yeah, and like I was saying just to you as we came in, like I didn't know Andy prior to doing the podcast, and this is the joy of podcasting meeting new interesting people because he was recommended by Bruce Smart Teapot mm-hmm. One who then you know, went to Andy and then he recommended you for the podcast and this is just a way of meeting people that are passionate about stuff and a lot of the people I've met in the podcast they do their passion is their job but quite often there are passions in life that we just do because you know we want to do them and that's kind of what the podcast is all about yeah what are you passionate about Charlie I, th- I think uh, just sort of general sort of people being positive. I think it's very easy for people to um, be otherwise or controversial and say things deliberately that are provocative when it, this, the, the, there's plenty of ground and scope for to be positive and upbeat about things. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps everybody. And uh, I'm just passionate about, I quite like teaching. I quite like enthusiastic about instructing people, mm-hmm. but without being overpowering either. But basically offering advice, I'd say advice rather than teaching, because teaching sounds a bit authoritative for me. Okay. Um, suggestions and advice, that kind of thing. Nice. And uh, yeah, I, I just like, I like seeing people do well and sort of thriving, really. It gives me a buzz, and I think people are interesting, I think, and I find people really interesting. I get a buzz from listening to people, rather like your podcast to an extent, that for people who are, who are passionate about mm-hmm. things and... They give you other perspectives on on life and and yeah maybe you might go somewhere that you've never really thought of before and yeah it's all a learning curve really. But mm, g- I think generally, we're always yeah. learning and we should always encourage ourselves to learn. I think as adults, you know, without school, without college or uni or or you know wherever we've learned our, our trade kind of thing, and then it's like right, well I know I know everything now, mm. and that's obviously not the case I think it's good to, to seek out learning wherever possible yeah. I think I think a lot of people probably do a job thinking that it's a sort of a temporary thing until they do what they really want mm. and then they probably end up just committing to that job mm. and then kind of lose that that spark they kind of I don't know I, don't, I wouldn't say it's been called beaten by the system maybe it's an entirely practical thing but so many people don't have the opportunity or, or don't really kind of pursue their dreams and things and it's a shame yeah there's a sort of defeatist attitude and that's exactly the sort of thing I think that you have to watch out for yeah. and uh, you know keep yourself interested, keep yourself entertained, surround yourself by interesting people and realise that you can pretty much do anything you want if you really put your mind to it. Boom, done. <laughs> Make drop. Yeah. Right, I'm off. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, yes to everything that you said there. As like a young person, was that 
something that was instilled in you? Did you come from a background where people were saying you can absolutely do anything you want? I, I, I live on a farm and we have a family farm, which is my main job. I mean, that's so my did main you grow career. up here? Yes, I did. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. It was, well, yeah. I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's a responsibility. Yes. Because it's always been there in the background, and um, I suppose I mean, it's a real, it's a privilege to, to sort of have this. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we're in, I must, I, I hope you don't mind me saying we're in Ardsplayer Castle. No, I don't mind, that's, that's fine. This is beautiful. <laughs> um, I don't suppose I'm going to be hounded by the paparazzi having you made that announcement. <laughs> well, I mean, they but... can edit that out if you decide <laughs> yeah, otherwise, fine, but I thought I'd better say it and then um, you can make the decision. Yeah, I mean, so I have been quite lucky, but in, in a sense, I suppose there's been an expectation that I'll keep it going. And I, I, of course I, I will, because I, I feel there's a responsibility, okay. which can be kind of limiting in a way. But then I have tried to look at other things I'm sort of passionate about or interested in, which is probably, I suspect, more the reason that you're here to kind of pursue that avenue. And uh, yeah, I've been very fortunate that um, my, my sort of other my other passions have turned from kind of rather expensive hobbies to kind of... <laughs> to kind of <laughs> almost viable things which is which is obviously a huge bonus so living on a farm you the the outdoors you're not fear to the outdoors then in fact we nearly did the podcast outdoors yeah which was quite exciting the process but then the room that i'm in just now is delightful so i'm quite happy okay, to be in this room. <laughs> we don't need to compete with the the and and also, yeah, and also I was worried about you seeing the state of the grass too, which I haven't haven't got around Wait. to having cut yet. So, well, I mean, uh, um, no judgment. <laughs> <laughs> you you have to look after a farm, you know. Actually, it's really busy at this time of year because right, okay. actually, obviously, it's a nice day and mm. we're harvesting at the moment. Right. So, okay. so the two busiest times on the farm are the the barley and the hay. So we've done the we've done the hay obviously, right. and uh, and hay can be kind of a bit dodgy because it's very weather dependent, a bit like the harvest, but. Unlike the harvest, the the hay can can get worse. You know, it can sort of right. deteriorate. Okay, see, this is up... a whole new world to me. <laughs> I come from Belsill. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I know nothing about. Well, farms. well, if, if no, most people who know nothing about farms, the first thing they do is get hay and straw muddled up. So this time of year, it's straw bales in the fields, and the hay time, it's it's hay because everybody just generally calls it a bale of straw or no hay bale rather. I don't know, but there is there is a difference, and that's probably the first, and that's where you get farmers rolling their eyes when, they, when people are talking about hay bales when it's actually straw bales and things like that. This podcast is an education. <laughs> Anyone listening, that's like, well, yeah, I'm that guy that said that. Now so, we know. Now we know. So this is the time of year for straw bales. Right, okay. So anyway, yeah. So the combine's working actually as we speak. And they're actually driving barley into a, a cooperative in Cooper Angus, which is quite close to here. Oh, yeah. And we're obviously every load that goes in, we're keeping our fingers crossed that it's, uh, it's malting barley, because that's malting what we grow up for malting. So ideally it's going to end up in, uh, in whiskey production. But if it, if it turns up and it's high in moisture or it's high in nitrogen or it's got high screenings or there's all sorts of things that could potentially be wrong with it, right. it ends up as feed barley, so you don't get as much. So we're actually <laughs> on the so phone is this on a daily basis like reporting back like what well, it, the state uh, of affairs well this I mean this uh, this year has been the first year that actually the, the cooperative who we deal with mm-hmm. in, in they're called East of Scotland Farmers they send uh, they're sending us um, alerts every time a load comes in so you know it could, re- it could, it could be a real mood changer you know yes. <laughs> you get alerts on your Goodness. phone I'm wondering if we'll get one more here. Uh, well, no, I've, I've switched my phone off just because, just as you said, there's no no violence, no thumping tables. It, it affects all the equipment. So I'm trying to I'm trying to stay calm. And if that Keep means the yeah, and, if that, and if that's me switching my phone off, I'm prepared to do it. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, when you turn your phone back on after this, it'll be all good news. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Well, I'll turn it, I'll turn it on after you've left, just just to be on the safe side. So Smashing. you know, it's, even if you have a false perspective on Such me, it'll. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> Save me from that. <laughs> so yeah, so growing up in a farm, 
being outdoors, you are obviously an active person and have been an active person all your life. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I mean, um, yeah. I suppose with the farm being there, I mean, you, it does require a certain amount of physical activity, mm. which uh, is quite strenuous. And then I suppose the schools I was at, I mean, I was, I was pretty active at those. I mean, there was... There's sort of rugby and cricket and cross country running and all. Of the, I mean, you, didn't, you couldn't even wriggle out of these things. I mean, they were, they were, you know, even if you wanted to, unless you pretended you were ill or something. But uh, um, yeah, About so Scottish country dancing in there as well, no doubt. Um, yes, I, I was. I had to do that. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's um, like everybody's PE story or horror story sometimes. <laughs> oh, I remember. Yeah, it was it. Yeah, my prep school we had we had Highland dancing and um, it, it was sort of live music. There was a there was uh, Mr. Ross and Mrs. McGregor, I think it was, and. I think Mrs. McGregor was on the piano and, and she was slightly hard of hearing and she was a lovely lady. And Mr. Ross would be saying, okay, you can stop now. And she'd sort of go on for another <laughs> few minutes and, and, and sort of half of the um, the actual class was <laughs> Miss Ross. So I asked Mrs. McGregor to stop, the, uh, stop playing the piano. Which is, I love it. But they, were quite, they took it quite seriously though. Mm. But a lot of, it was probably one of these things that perhaps wasn't considered very cool at school. And you kind of had to go through the motions. Yes. And I think that was probably a cause of a lot of frustration for Mr. Ross mm. and Mrs. McGregor. But then, you know, after that, obviously, it, it became actually quite an important thing because there are a lot of dances and things where you're expected to be able to, to do these, these things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it actually was, it was a good thing. But I'm guessing that the traditions of Scotland are something that are quite important to you. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I'm very proud to be Scottish. Mm. And... Uh, I mean, my family, even in like historical terms, has, has been played quite a significant part in Scottish history. Okay, tell us about that. Well, um, one of my ancestors, uh, like, I'm okay. They're all called Lawrence. Yeah. All my ancestors, pretty much. Right. Except for my son, who's a Charlie. I know he's not. I'm a Charlie. What am I talking <laughs> I about? My son is a Lawrence. Like, so you can edit that out because I don't even know my own name. So that's not a good start. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my masquerade at, the, at night. Yes. It's like, so, all coming out now. No, I, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm a Charlie and my son's a Lawrence. Um, actually, I was almost a Lawrence, but my, right. my father, who was a Lawrence, mm-hmm. um, he, I don't think he ever, he didn't want to be called old Lawrence. So uh, to avoid that, I like I, I've got thing. Charlie. And uh, <laughs> But I'm named after Bonnie Prince Charlie, obviously, who was... Um, wow. Yeah, because my, as I say, I, I was talking about my ancestor. He was mm. the aide de camp to Bonnie Prince Charlie, right. so he had quite a lot, to, a lot to do with him. And, uh, and who's this chap on the wall here? Um, he's a Robertson of Struan. He's an ancestor. Right. And his uh, his wife is on the other side there. Oh. Although, and obviously, people listening to this won't won't really appreciate what we're looking at. But um, if if you can imagine the, the listeners, mm. um, there's a lady there, and she's sort of pulling cotton off a reel, and we had somebody here once, they were looking at that picture, and they asked what the lady had done to her thumb. And, you know, because... It does look I like to, a yeah, comedy. I have to explain, because <laughs> this thing is this enormous cotton reel with, like, a bandage on it, and it looks, if you were slightly hard of seeing things, you'd assume that it was a massive bandage on a thumb. Uh, but why Why anybody would want to have their portrait painted, you know, like, in that, like that? Day. <laughs> Can we do this maybe next week when my thumb's healed? <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, I've got a, there's a few relations, a few kings mm. and queens of Scotland up there, but uh, yeah, there's, there's more interesting things in other part of the house really right, okay. than this. This is although the, uh, Robert the Bruce, obviously, he'll be aware of. He had a daughter called Elizabeth, and, and she married a Walter Oliphant, who was an ancestor. Um, so there was a yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, 
<laughs> there, there's a sort of a sort of connection there, mm. which I've never really explored too thoroughly. Uh, mainly, it's mainly sort of wrapped up more on the Jacobite side of things. Okay. Yeah, right. You know, seventeen forty-five and mm. um, early seventeen hundreds. So yeah, we uh, yeah we, we're fortunate enough to have mm. quite a lot of Jacobite memorabilia. Wow, that's so cool. So that passing on of your history and tradition is that something that's been quite important in you know in your um, lifetime or your your dad's lifetime? Yeah, I mean, my father really he knows his stuff. I mean, mm. he he uh, we, we have done the occasional tour in the past, but it's um, uh, again, it's a bit like the farmer. It's it's a it's a privilege and everything, but there's something different about doing something yourself and creating something than things that kind of been handed to you. Yeah, I think it's more rewarding if you if you've actually created something on your own. Absolutely. Uh, and so that, I guess, is drives me more. Mm. But having said that, the, 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 the inherited sort of aspect, if you like, all the things I've been privileged to, to have, that they're really important. And yeah, probably go hand in hand yeah, then, and, you know, and, they complement yeah. each other. And I mean, hopefully my son or, or daughter will, you know, continue things the same, but at the same time have an opportunity to kind of, you know, pursue their dreams and passions as well. Yeah, there has to be the freedom to do your thing. Yeah. Um, for you, where did that creativity come in then into its own? Was it as a young person or do you feel like as an adult you've been able to find the space to be creative? I, I'm, trying to th- I'm trying to think where that sort of initial creative spark started. I mean, I, th- I suppose I've always been, like you mentioned before, into sort of, sort of physicality, strength related. I mean, I, I sort of really, I'm, 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 I'd say I'm more designed for cross-country running rather than lifting heavy things. But okay. it, but I I have lifted the odd heavy thing. But it's usually <laughs> it's, it's my body's probably screaming at me saying you're not designed for this. But I've gone through the motions. That in fact I've got Andy Kenny, you know, uh-huh. the original outcast, to blame for some of this. <laughs> right, and okay. uh, because yeah, I've always been interested in. Uh, I mean, it's like world's strongest man, things like that. It was always mm. a kind of Christmas around New Year. You know, generally as a so small true. child, you know, it was it was nice. You know, it was you, you were sort of sitting around with your parents. There may be snow outside. It just, yeah, the, the TV was, there wasn't much else to do when it's sort mm. of in the evenings and snow. And yeah, these competitions were normally on. I guess they, they must have captured my imagination mm. in some way. And uh, I guess I must have placed an importance on being strong. I remember the hierarchy in the family when I was younger, and there was five of us. Right. seemed to be based on who could lift up the other person. <laughs> that was... <laughs> That was it. That was what the hierarchy was based on. Right, okay. I, I, oh, boys and girls. Yes, yeah, I've got two sisters. Two sisters as well. Loving yeah, it. myself Loving and my, my parents, obviously. Great. Um, so <laughs> so I, I guess there was, there was a sense of strength was, was you know, valued. And <laughs> um, I suppose, yeah, I, I did some weight training. And I suppose, uh, again, being an impressionable young boy, the sort of, I, I guess, in the sort of 1980s and... You know, your, your Stallones and mm, your Schwarzeneggers and and Van Dams and Lundgrens and all that kind of mm. thing. And I wouldn't say it was an unhealthy address, but I guess that's what I was kind of yeah, into yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah, the exact same thing. It's right. just, that was like, yeah, I guess that was the era as well for that kind mm-hmm. of uh, figure. So when did you then think, I'm, give me a bit of that, I'm going to get involved in that world? I think it was, it was a book which I read called Of Stones and Strength, which is written by Peter Martin and Steve Jack. I'm not sure we can still get it now, but uh, unfortunately, both the gentlemen uh, are dead now. Mm. Um, Steve Jack was most recent; I think it was last year. I never actually met him, unfortunately. Well, I didn't meet Peter. There's two Peter Martins. There's the Peter Martin who wrote the book, and his son, who's also Peter Martin. And I met the son, and that was that was quite a nice thing to have. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I guess this book it was 
uh, as I'm, and the, the, I don't know if I should call him Andy or the original outcast to, to save confusion. <laughs> I've never really called him the original outcast because it's not the sort of thing you say to somebody's face. It's, it makes you sound a bit weird, you know, um, in that context. But um, yeah, he. Uh, there's all these manhood stones, mm-hmm. uh, which you, you'll have which, covered. Yeah, I mean, that was a whole, I mean, I'd seen something of that ilk before, but I didn't know anything about that world. So that was mm-hmm. totally new to me, speaking to Andy. Before the sort of strongman th- thing kicked off, I I, mean, I created these uh, these stones, which are called the Art Blair stones. In fact, there's there's a t-shirt behind you with, with one of the t-shirts, which you can have, in fact. I don't know what size t-shirt no you way. are, but yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. cute. But, but let's just see how the podcast goes first. I'll res- <laughs> no, no, I'm sure I'll be fine. No, no, no. Um, so I have the, um, I have that, uh, uh, I had those things set up. And so there's nine stones, and I started the Blegarian Ratchery Highland Games, which my family are very much involved with because my father is a chieftain of the games. Yes, and- I did read this. Oh, did you? Yeah. You've been doing some research. Homework, People probably know more about I it than I do. Then. No, I just, I don't like to do too much research because I want to find out from mm-hmm. the, you know, truth from the horse's mouth and all that. Uh, but yeah, no, I did have a wee nosy because I'm very interested in Highland Games. Having never been to a Highland Games before, well, I'm surprised. Ridiculous. What was your sort of choreography background? Yeah, I'm a Highland dancer. Yeah. I've never been to Highland Games. It's a joke. But you've, you've taught Highland dancing. I've taught Highland. I've taught a lot of Cayley, you know, Scottish yeah. country dancing. But it was my role to take Cayley to cool. So I went into schools and did fusion Cayley. So mixing Cayley mm-hmm. with hip hop and Cayley with Bollywood. Right. And, yeah. Um, yeah, but sorry, I didn't. Yeah, no, no, no. So, but, yeah, I was just yeah. surprised. I was, you know, obviously your background, you know, I thought mm. you'd be. Yeah, I know, so I don't know how I've never been to Highland Games, but I'm on and up on the podcast. Okay. I haven't. Well, yeah, we're, well, obviously we're actively involved in the Highland Games, and I'm on the committee as well. And uh, I, I, do, I do the Stones the competition, which yeah. started off. Well, I mean, it's always been busy, actually. It's always been popular. I think, I think the whole idea of having something to do the games, which you can actually get involved in, I mean, mm. it's, it's a free event, it's a community event. I don't charge anybody for it. And uh, people can feel like they've got involved. Yeah, and, that's really and so cool. I love that. And the Highland Games is great, but the, the downside is is that you're sort of standing miles away from people who are maybe throwing a caber, so you don't really have that. It's not as tactile. You you, you can't really tell if somebody's landed a caber at twelve o'clock or at one yeah, o'clock, and it's all okay. kind of watching from a distance, uh-huh. where you have these sort of elite few in the centre of the ring mm-hmm. and. This this was a way of trying to get people involved and uh, feel that they've got involved in the Highland Games. Mm. So yeah, it was, it's been it's been really popular. So when did you um, decide the to debut, do this? The debut. Where's the debut? The debut of the Arbless Stones was in 2013. Cool. It was supposed to be in 2012, which would have been great because that was like when the Olympics were. You know, it was a big buzz in Britain at the time yeah, with sports yeah, and Olympics. Yeah, of course, uh-huh. But yeah, it was quite busy in 2012. <laughs> yeah, that was a good the, year for work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, luckily, luckily, but it was yeah. So it was, um, but it was a very wet year, 2012. Yes. Mm. So that meant that the games was cancelled, which is quite unusual. Uh, right, so okay. here I was, this new thing, all set up, got all the equipment together, done all the staining and the varnishing and painting, and you know worked mm. out everything, and then it was cancelled. So on the plus side, I had plenty of time to prepare for it the next year. <laughs> <laughs> You're all systems so, um, so yeah, the, the debut was in 2013. Mm. And there are nine stones. That's right, yeah. All of different weights. Yeah, What's please don't weight? ask me though. Okay, no, I can't go. I might, no. Yes, I do though. That's 18 kilograms. What's that in stones? Oh no, oh no. <laughs> I'm I, I, I need a cheat sheet. This is shocking. Ah, that's all right. It's like it's like these embarrassing things when you ask them when celebrities are asked what tours they're going on and they haven't got a, <laughs> clue. a clue. They haven't got a clue and they're sort of looking forlornly at managers inside of the wings and feeling <laughs> like an idiot because everything's just like a <laughs> relentless collage of interviews and things. Totally. So I, I wouldn't say I'm quite in that category, might you? <laughs> 
but um, <laughs> but, have to but, be but yeah, but but the, I haven't. I know I know the heaviest one in pounds. <laughs> okay, well, well, the lightest one's eighteen kilograms. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that could be thirty-two pounds. Might be. I, I'm going to nod and say yes because I don't. Okay, you're going to get complaints. That's the only thing. You're going to get so many complaints on this podcast. But it's, you can put in the doesn't, doesn't, like, doesn't know his kilograms from his pounds, and you know, wasn't he wake up and realise and you know so. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the, the heaviest one is 152 kilograms, right. which is 335 pounds. Wow. So it's quite, and, yeah, as somebody imaginatively said, which is about the equivalent weight of a giant panda. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a random... It's you not that? It's a random fact. <laughs> Maybe a wee bit It's not very Scottish, is it? Well, true. True story. Yeah, it should be a, like a, I don't know, four haggis or something. <laughs> Although I think if you're able to lift the heaviest one, you should get, like, you know, a cuddly toy panda. Well, well you do get a trophy. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, and that weighs five kilograms. <laughs> or or possibly one kilogram, depending on which event it is. <laughs> right, okay. Maybe a bit more with the plinth. Mm. But, um, and how do you actually physically create um, a stone? Like, where mm-hmm. do you go to for that? Well, I, I used a mould. So right. I, I, did, I did make it. You made it? Yeah, I made all of them. No way! Yeah. Did you? But I mean, it's not, it's not that hard, really. The hardest part was trying to get a decent sort of weight disparity, a sort of a, a progression, so that okay. it, it was incremental but manageable at the same time oh, yeah. not nothing yeah, yeah, yeah. not too huge jumps mm. and uh, so that involved sort of tinkering around with with the mix and what I put in it and things like that right. um, and is, is that the kind of standard like if there's another collection of stones would there be usually about nine of them or is that just no I just, just, just well I mean rather like? boringly <laughs> the, the, the nine famous world famous stones but <laughs> 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 basically based around space that was available in my trailer at the time and and what I could fit, you know, right. with, the, with the so there's two trailers, and there's two vehicles, and I suppose you, you I mean, people say, oh, you should, you should make another one, but it's just down to practicalities and, and space. Number. Yeah, I think it's right. all right. Well, I mean, I say that I've not lifted any of them. I mean, if so I, have, if I couldn't to. lift the first one, I'd be like, yeah, you should really make a tent and make a lighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, and then obviously, I mean, as I say, it's open to everybody. There's men, women, kids. The elderly, I mean, I really, as long as, if somebody's under 16, as long as if they've got a guardian or a parent there and they're happy, it's absolutely fine. That's so cool but, that but in those, Yeah, so I mean, you have, well, the likes of, last week, there was Tom Stoltman who just broke a world record um, on them, and mm. uh, there was, you know, Tom Stoltman, he's Scotland's strongest man, just in case anybody's wondering. Yeah. Then you have seven or eight-year-olds who That's maybe so can't cool. get onto the first one, but it's all inclusive. I mean, you can imagine the buzz that if you're doing an event like that, and then you've got you know, somebody of a slightly higher caliber or sort of a, like a, a world-renowned athlete or an international athlete, and they, then they're using exactly the same equipment as you. It's it's, it's good, you know, it's, That's uh, awesome. you feel involved. Yeah, and, and, if, and if a kid is struggling or something, then, well, maybe just get a piece of chalk or something and just sort of put a mark with the, the highest point they've reached the barrel or something. Lovely. Yeah, so they rest on barrels. I saw, I've seen yeah. a lot of footage on your Instagram. And again, is that part of the kind of stone lifting tradition like that they're on barrels? Well, not really. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I suppose the inspiration from that would have been from the McGlashan stones. Right. And there's this sort of this misconception that the McGlashan stones are really ancient, ancient things. Now, the McGlashan stones are, are, are great. I mean, they're actually carved from natural stone. I think one of them smashed. The first one got smashed accidentally, which makes me think that maybe they're not granite, but maybe more of a sandstone. But again, uh, I better get that. Uh, somebody will have to do research. There'll be more excuses to write in and complain. But they are sort of yeah created from uh, from natural stone. But they were made in the actually in the eighties, and they and they became quite well known because they were used in one of the world's strongest man competitions. So that kind of um, captured people's imagination. Yeah. And. Um, 
so I, I suppose that, that with the Ardbless stones, I suppose that they would be sort of closest to the Maglashan stones. Right, okay. Um, but there's there's more Ardbless stones, and the, and the heaviest one's heavier, which I made really sure about. Nice, <laughs> nice was, move. Yeah, like I, thought, I thought, right, here we go. So, <laughs> so, so and, and they're more inclusive. Another thing as well is that I think the Maglashan stones had barrels which are slightly shorter, whereas I've got the barrels I use are quite high, mm. and they're 132 centimetres, which is 52 inches, which yeah. is about sort of waist height to, mm. to an average person. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you know, it's a feral challenge, not like, a, not like something you might see in a, in a distillery, like a small thing. They're, they're quite substantial. Mm. And the, that first year that you did it, what was the response like to that was, this? It was game? amazing. Because obviously, yeah. you, like you were saying, the games might, you know, people like to go along and watch other mm. people do their thing, but that inclusivity, like... We can get involved. Yeah. How cool is that? And, and not have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. I. By the way, I know. So. <laughs> in this day and age. <laughs> yeah. There's not. There's not a lot of stuff. That's no. There's free. not. But it was just. It was just kind of rewarding seeing people mm. getting involved. Yeah. It was met very positively. And and I remember. I remember when I was at a committee meeting. I attended a committee meeting for the the games. And when I came up with the idea, I, I, everybody all stood up clapping, which is quite nice. Oh, yeah. I love it was a really nice. I always remember that. It stuck in my memory as a. It's a, really cool. a really nice thing for them to have done that. Yeah, there could be the argument, if it's no broke, don't fix it. So mm-hmm. we know what we're doing with the games, yeah. we don't need to include anything new. That, that's, that's You're right, there does seem to be... I mean, I, I sort of have come across that as well in the past. Okay, that people, right, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's fine. I mean, obviously, committees and things can do whatever they want, and that's mm. fine. But uh, a lot of them are exactly sort of stuck in their ways, and maybe it's a bit more stress that they don't need, or they could be struggling to get helpers. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm not really so much having that issue now because <laughs> the shoe's slightly on the other foot because I'm going to have to be very selective next year because it's it's pretty much in demand, which wow, is fantastic. Wow, that's so cool. But like that, because I've found that, you know, doing the Kaylee Fusion, sometimes people would not be up for that either. It was like, why are you messing with the traditions of Scotland? Like, the dances are fine as they are. And, you know, it was, wasn't about changing the dances, it was just int- introducing it in an interesting way you know, just to spark that interest. And it's just a doorway into something that maybe people would be a bit close to. Working for a traditional organisation, there was the odd person that would be like, not not, mm-hmm. not up for this Kaylee Fusion. What, what are you doing to the traditions of Scotland? You know, so it's nice to know that in a traditional setting of like mm-hmm. the Highland Games that people... Well, well, the irony is, I mean, I think in, in historically in the past, things like your Peabrocks and your more sort of free-flowing music was more traditional of Scottish music. And uh, with the Act of Parliament, the Act of Prescription, mm-hmm. um, things became very regimented. Mm. Like the, the tartan could only be worn by the sort of the military, if you're in the military, and it was banned out with that. And it was all very much regimental and marching and right. rules and regulations yeah. as opposed to being more of a, as I say, a free-flowing, sort of folky, mm. generally thing. So the irony there is that the, these people, it's a shame they're kind of... You know, they're actually the yeah. irony is not going back as far in history as they would be. <laughs> exactly, uh, so they, 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 they've kind of been brainwashed into this <laughs> into this era, which was then imposed upon us to allow it to happen. So true. But there's nothing wrong with those with the, with the marches and things. I, I think they're all great. But yeah. there, but there is a there is a huge rich tapestry of of, of different music and mm. uh, and dance, which of um, yeah, I, I don't think a nation would ever limit themselves to that capacity. No. I mean, it, and the thing is, in teaching the, the dances that I did, you know, it was that comparison. Like this is the original dance, and now we're going to add in this, and it was that I, that sparking that creativity. You know, it wasn't like you know, there's this Scottish dance, but it's rotten. Here's my version. It was about let's let's do something fun. Let's do yeah. something a bit different. Or be progressive, even. Yeah. 
which is exactly what you were doing with the Ardley Stones mm-hmm. with the sounds of things. So it's really nice to hear that people were open to that yeah. right away. You didn't find any adversity. Well, I, I, did, I did go to a lot of <laughs> Rotary Club meetings and <laughs> yeah, 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 they were great, you know, and uh, um, I always like chatting about it. You know, it's mm. fine. Yeah, you're but, uh, but it really now it's kind of word of mouth and, and it's, it's got such a social media presence that, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of part of the fabric around mm. here now. Um, so the Ards Blair Stone's on the move now? Yeah, I, uh, among other things, I'm, I'm the representative, the IHGF, which is International Highland Games Federation, representative for Scotland. Uh, well, Stones of Strength specifically. Mm-hmm. So they've got a category, Stones of Strength. So what they've been, what I've been doing is going around Scotland at various events, like the, the Glasgow, um, the fact it was Erskine Hospital on the grounds of Erskine Hospital was the further south one. Uh, well, I mean, this, that was the second year. This year was the second year cool. I went to Erskine. Uh, yeah, so, and also it's great as well because you'd like to think it helps Erskine, which is obviously very worthwhile. A very Absolutely. worthwhile cause. Yeah. So yeah. So that was the further south event that we did this year, and the furthest north was up at the May Highland Games at John O'Groats. Oh, cool. Well, that wasn't a qualifier for this IHGF because it was a bit short notice, but we were delighted to go up there and yeah, do we're it. We're going in. But anyway, you were asking if I ever went. Out. The original question was, I think, was if I ever go You're outside Scotland. Yeah, I think we'd like to do a few events in England and perhaps right. Wales and maybe Northern Ireland and try to make this IHGF more of a British thing and probably still have the like the what would be a British final in Scotland though. And then, and, then the yeah, win- yeah. and then the winners of that, they go to Norway and represent their country at wow. a sort of world stage. Yeah, and he was there. I mean, sorry, the original outcast. Yes. He was at Norway as well. And, uh, yeah, his, I saw that on his yeah. social media. Yeah, so he's, yeah, he did really well out there. And um, mm-hmm. and, he, and just before that, in fact, he'd, he'd uh, sort of done the tour of Iceland and, mm. and, and lifted some fairly prominent manhood stones. Or, I mean, it's just fascinating, that yeah. kind of tradition of it. Again, as much as it's like important for new traditions to be made, mm-hmm. like you're, that's what you're doing, I just am fascinated by the tradition of it. And just the building of communities, that's clearly what you're doing with the Ardler Stones. Like people yeah. are coming together who probably wouldn't, have before yeah well I see a lot of familiar faces now and and I've got I've got quite a few people who've liked my Facebook page and follow it but actually I mean one of the big things that happened for the Stones um, last year was that I had a, a phone call pretty much out of the blue and it was from the chief executive officer of a company called Castlewater and I suppose I should really mention them because they'd be quite helpful. They've turned what yeah. was an expensive hobby into <laughs> something which is more viable for yeah. me. And and obviously it's it suits them. It's good for them too because mm. um, that their sort of their branding could be associated. And and actually on the farm here, mm-hmm. I mean Castlewater. I think a lot of people maybe think they're like Highland Spring or or something like bottled water. <laughs> but it's okay. not. It's it's actually um, it's actually a business water retailer. So we use them on the farm here. We, we use Castlewater, which. Uh, Saved us actually quite a lot of money. Here okay. I'm not just saying that because you know that you know I'm going to <laughs> be like, having sponsorship withdrawn or anything. Uh, but yeah, they're a great company and, and they're based in Blegowrie. Right. And so they're obviously they're quite keen on sort of doing community things and and obviously the stones being based mm-hmm. in Blegowrie, yeah, yeah. but yet touring Amazing. around. It's uh, I think I think it's worked out quite well for them. It's great to have that back and obviously yeah. it's great that you know community wise people are getting involved. But yeah, to take it up a notch. You sometimes do mm-hmm. need the backing of. Yeah, somebody. I mean, so think things like uh, even the branding's been great because it's not something I really would have thought of. So uh, it's not just helping to sort of cover expenses and things. It's actually they they have the sort of the infrastructure to to have consultants to do with branding or mm. or how to set up a website or yeah. so. So there's this whole sort of area of expertise mm. which I'm not really familiar with, which they they're happy. To, it's not yeah they're happy to put time and effort into uh, to that. So. Thanks, Castle Water. Go on, Castle Water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, so for you, you see it as a hobby. 
But it's now you obviously it's it's probably doing it, arms and legs. Well, it's still probably it's probably still a hobby. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it's got potential to to do pretty well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's starting to do that now. I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, when I started, believe it or not, I had absolutely no sense of turning. It, it was not a business model. I mean, it was actually anything. It was probably a cause of frustration because it's obviously the farm. So, like, where do you where do you have your priorities? It's like something that you're interested. Well, not that I'm not interested in the farm, but it's like what we were saying That's earlier. In the we were saying, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, we'd have any livestock, mind you. Um, <laughs> Does, <laughs> brings in brings the whiskey, in the I suppose. Whiskey. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. So I just stuck with it. Podcast, I just know? stuck with it. It's one of these mm. things where people. You know, they might say, oh, it's not going to work or it's this thing. But if, if there ever was an example to not listen to people and just do what you want to do, I, I would actually say the Arbless Stones is, is a good a yeah. good test subject for, you, for you. that thing. I think as an adult with, like, responsibilities, and you have quite a lot of responsibilities, you run a farm mm. and you have children and, you know, I think as adults it's um, taking on a new hobby to, to the degree, obviously, that you have now can be quite difficult you know it's quite challenging to fit that into your everyday life and there's probably loads of people listening to this podcast that would like to do something i think i like the idea of just give it a go yeah well sometimes you just got to take the plunge like for instance this uh this coming weekend's a good case in point because there's, there's been a few because of the popularity of the stones there's been a few extra sort of curricular ones that have been sort of thrown in there at the last minute which i hadn't really planned on okay. but people have said what, what do you think and before i might have said oh you know i can't be but not, I can't be bothered, but it's too stressed. Mm. But I've just, I've just probably, <laughs> just, I've just been saying, oh, okay, let's just do it, let's do it. And, and a good case in point is, is um, the next event, which is the SEC in Glasgow, the SFN Expo. And, I, and I've never set foot in that building. Have you not? I don't know. I've never. I know they, they hold Scotland's strongest man there. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how it works, but the opportunity came up, and Castlewater were quite keen on it as well. So what you're saying about being slightly out of your comfort zone, that, I mean, I'm used to going into the middle of a field, hammering in posts, and it's all fairly straightforward, whereas this is going to be a hard surface. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of people in a mm. fairly condensed area. So there's going to be a lot more people management and things. Mm. And it's, but again, if nothing ventured, nothing gained, and it'll be a learning experience. Yeah. And, and having to you know, sort of drive into the building, and they, they, apparently the they're not laying down a bit of carpet so I can get I can get in with vehicles and they've been really accommodating the SEC okay. I mean I think they realize that, that I don't really know what I'm doing in terms of uh, the actual <laughs> setup but they've been they've been fantastic really? and, and hopefully well next year if, if we do if we you know if we're invited back then I'll be more familiar with it but again mm. that's a case of going pretty about out of your comfort zone because mm. the responsibility I've got here as well because I'm going to take my son Lawrence with me my wife Jill she's going to be in Wayne Birmingham mm-hmm. all that time basically it it, it couldn't have come at a worse time for organising stuff, but I just this, did let's you just get do any it. trouble for saying yes? Um, I, I, I had to, I had to did wait. You have to do that? Well, I had hey. to wait for the right moment before I sort of before I brought it up. But do I, you but know that time when we're mega busy and we can't really fit <laughs> anything else in? Well, well, I seem to have got away with it so far anyway. Good stuff. Um, so no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. it should be quite exciting. Yeah. But quite what a different does, uh, environment. Your kid, what do your kids Well, Lawrence, he, he's, he loves it. Does he? We went to Europe's Strongest Man, and uh, Lawrence met a lot of the, the sort of the, the top strongmen there. And but he thinks it's kind of well, I suppose it. I mean, they are they are normal people, obviously, and they're very approachable and, and decent people. Yes. Um, but it's a slightly unusual situation to be in, and mm. Lawrence just thinks it's normal because he's just grown up around it. Mm. He's grown up around strong people, people he sees on the TV, and he'll just point out that you know he sees a competition going on. 
and he's been he's been photographed on the shoulders of a lot, a lot of these people. Um, yeah, uh, so he's yeah, Europe's strongest man and various Stones events, um, even even uh, sort of royalty as well. Like Prince wow. Charles was at May Games, which wow. is quite nice. Cool. So he came over, and uh, mm. there were a few um, uh, Help for Heroes athletes there as well. So when I talk about the Stones being all inclusive, I mean that, that we've had people with in wheelchairs and maybe one functioning arm mm. or uh, double amputees so really it's open to everybody and um, yeah Prince Charles came along and he was he was gracious enough to hand out the trophies for the um, for the sort of disabled athletes or the assisted athletes right. and uh, he didn't have a go himself he, no? well do you know he had, he had a bad back I was, oh. I was going to ask him right um, but the because uh, the, the, there was a, a bank of journalists there was like a sea of you know, yeah, yeah, journos, course, and uh, they were quite keen for him to have a shot. But um, his uh, his secretary was sort of accompanying him around. I, I, I didn't want to ask Prince Charles directly, uh, no. so I, I sort of I sort of you know test the water with mm-hmm. the secretary, and he said that no, it's probably probably not such a great plan. But if I had asked him, he might have done it. I don't know yeah, yeah, because have. he was he was actually he was actually really decent, very approachable. Yeah, I've actually normal. met him myself for a right. completely different, obviously for a completely different reason because mm. I'm not kicking about with our Blair Stones. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I met him at a military event mm-hmm. and he was lovely. We talked yeah. about scones. Really? Not stones. No, get, get. He was very, very gracious and really nice. You know, very, just dead down to earth. Yeah. And, um, He's very interested in things. You know, mm, he, he genuinely seemed interested mm-hmm. in what we were chatting about which was lovely yeah, actually, quite I've it. actually met Prince Charles twice the first time I think I was six years old and it was in Blegari and I think somebody was in Blegari was being handed an award for something mm-hmm. I remember my mum took us out of school at the time and it was uh, it was kind of like in the main street in Blegari and we were all standing there and there's a photograph of a black and white photograph of the top of my head and my two sisters Prince Charles is sort of leaning over and talking to us Apparently he was getting rid. Of, apparently there was a wasp there, which was annoying us, and he kind of flicked it away. So that was nice of him. Uh, anyway, so so when, 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 it, when it came to the May Games, I, I, I quite honestly didn't expect him to remember me. Um, <laughs> remember that but, time you saved uh, my life? No. no. Uh, the killer wasp. But no, but it was quite nice. Almost history repeating itself. I love that because that was an ex- a situation where it was myself and my two sisters and my mother uh, meeting him. And then just this year, there was myself, my two kids, and Jill nice. meeting him. It, just, it was just, it was quite yeah, nice. Yeah, lovely, yeah, of course. You know, it felt like chronologically, I probably must be doing something right. <laughs> you know? Yes, I'll go with that. That's a yeah. theory, I like it. <laughs> so, is there like a, a vision for the Ardblayer Stones? Like, is there a kind of goal that you're aiming for? Are you just happy to see what it takes you? Well, because it seems to have got really popular. Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to sort of spread them around a bit more. Maybe we were talking obviously yeah, earlier about maybe them taking them further afield. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, just, just maybe. I mean, as I say, I'm really proud of Scotland and the Highland Games and Scottish tradition. I'd quite like to make the stones uh, sort of more of a British thing, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, still have the final in Scotland. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, um, Tom Stoltman and Luke Stoltman are both qualified for this final in Norway this year. So that's a particularly high calibre of athlete. In fact, there's another guy called Janis Skugins. So the three of them qualified. So although it would be a, a British final in Scotland, I think we'd still select the, the top athletes. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, I, I think it's going to be a job to beat Luke and Tom because right. they're, I mean, they're kind of up there, mm-hmm. sort of world level. But yeah, it's, it's basically, I like, just like the idea of the, sort of the, the expansion thing. Mm. I guess just new adventures with it, the people that you'll meet. 
and have met obviously yeah. along the way uh, and there'll be relationships formed now through the stones that you're like I would never have met you yeah you know actually uh, there's something there's something funny as well about mm. this it's um I don't know if it's the same in other sports like football or people are interested in I don't know cricket or tennis or whatever but there does seem to be a, a very strong sort of brotherhood if you like uh, in the strongman community and it's funny, I watched a, a, a meme or a meme, whatever you call them, recently about right. somebody, you know, they were sent a, a friend request from somebody at school with, but they, they they rejected it because somebody else was lifting weights and they were into lifting weights as well. And it was, you know, it was a sort of safer <laughs> bet. And I can kind of see what they meant mm. by that to an extent, that sort of common interest. Yeah. And people call each other, you know, bro, and which which is not really kind of what I'm used to, really. <laughs> But uh, I think the right bro and this bro, it's very flattering, you know, but uh, it's it's not something I'm really particularly accustomed to. So, (laughs) but there does seem to be that strong community. Mm, And and, and, and like exactly what you're saying, I mean, I have met a phenomenal amount of people who are are interested Mm. in in sort of strength athletics and strongman stuff. Yeah, it's it's, it's been great. I'd say one of the, the huge pluses is the people I've met. And uh, just the, the things I've seen that I probably wouldn't under if I'd, if I'd kept a fairly insular <laughs> sort of. I mean, the farming life's good too, but there's just so much opportunity. In, yeah, uh, I think for your world. kids, I've said this a few times to, to people on the podcast that have children, and I think it's really nice for your kids to see that you're doing something that you're passionate about outside of work and just the normal adulting things that we need to do. That you have a passion that you're following and that they can be part of it which is great but having that you know inclusiveness that they can see that this is something you've built from scratch yeah. that they can get involved in but you're also inviting people into that world anybody you know all walks of life like you say can do it I think that's a really important message for yeah. for your kids absolutely I mean Lawrence is really I mean he's really keen Diana's had a few shots now and then I wouldn't say she's just keen Diana's really into a Highland dancing oh so she does that. Great. So actually, one of the one of the actual other aspects of the Stones is they tend to be at Highland Games or yes. an agricultural show. Okay. And there's normally Highland dancing happening. So so, so she usually Highland comes dancing. back with a pocket full of medals. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so yeah, even like the May Games, for example, mm. she was she was competing. She was dancing in the May Games, Brilliant. which she probably wouldn't have done had the Stones not been invited <laughs> up there. So yeah, hopefully it's there's there's a sort of a message there. It doesn't have to be strength or, or the art bless stones, but something that you're you're passionate about, and and it sort of it maybe even keeps you sane to an extent. You know that you could really yeah. sort of throw yourself into. Um, I think in this world that we live in, that it's nice to have something to focus on like that, something for you. Mm-hmm. You can do on your own, but you can do with other people. One of the one of the big things, maybe this will change. I don't know, but. Um, I mean, it, uh, maybe the Stones could be a victim of its own success one day. But one of the things I really liked about it was actually the sort of the lack of responsibility to an extent, because the farm is a big responsibility. Mm. I mean, it, it, it has to work. Whereas the Stones, it's it's kind of more relaxing thinking about it because they don't have that associated stress with mm. it potentially. As it gets bigger and things, maybe it will start to get a bit more serious. <laughs> but uh, which is the irony of the whole thing. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I think the stones for me were a form of sort of escapism mm. originally. But I know what you're saying. Like it's you don't know where things are going to go to, and you can see it changing. But I think if you always hark back to why you did it in the first place, I think even if things do get a bit more intense and a bit more like, oh, right, I actually need to like pay attention here. Like yeah. there's quite a lot at stake. I think if you just always remember why you're doing it, mm-hmm. then how it all started. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That things will work out. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's sometimes it's it's quite easy. Like after a big event, 
you know, you're, you're kind of on a high while the event's going on, yeah. and uh, it can be not I'm saying low or anything like that, but but you suddenly think, you know, you, you kind I'm of chasing that again. Yeah, when's the next one? Sort of, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's uh, it, I guess it's an addictive, but in a good in a good way. Yeah, if addiction it's can like be that, a good like thing. The podcast, like you know, I really enjoy the conversations, the adventures, the people I've met, you know, and I, and I'm always looking forward to the next one. The great thing about it is that I can listen back to the the, the interviews and just remember rather than constantly looking ahead to be like take stock of what you've done so far mm. and just be happy that you've got to that point it's something you've created it's not good you know it's there it's a real thing it's 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 kind of like a legacy isn't mm. it uh, it's uh, i think it's a great thing it's, it's a lot more easy probably than carting stones and barrels and things around but uh, <laughs> i don't have as much i'm, I'm quite jealous i mean this is i mean this is quite i mean a podcast I mean, it's uh, it's quite a fun thing i mean mm. you get to you know oh, you were saying you'd done a few before yeah i have i've uh, but nev- never like on a one-to-one basis yeah. like this they've always oh, I, been I just, on, on I just get line. myself there and I'm like and they're not ah, edited <laughs> they're not edited and they're not you know if you if you not have ever done this but if you come up with a profanity in some weakened moment that's it it's in it that, that's um, but uh, they're, they're fine hmm. just, my podcasts have normally done quite late at night because it's they're normally conducted over in New York ah so right okay the, the, the main podcast I've been on is, is a show called Motivation and Muscle it's all sort of strength related. Cool. And again, that's like another thing that you would never have done yeah. necessarily. There's been quite a learning curve as well. Right. And I, I was, uh, I think I was recommended to, to go on the show, rather like the original Outcast. Yeah, I've done a few, I can't remember, I've lost count of how many I've done now. But one downside is that they're ridiculous hours in the night because of the New, Co- yeah. because of the New York time difference. <laughs> so I normally get to bed about sort of like two, it's ridiculous in the morning. Goodness. So I, so I, luckily they're on Fridays yeah, if, yeah. where they happen, so I can recover. <laughs> Part of the lack of sleeping is, I don't know if you've had this yourself, but like following a podcast, if you, you might be buzzing after it or it might be really exciting and you're constantly thinking about it. And I mean, it's not conducive to a sleep environment. No. So if you've just finished a podcast and you're kind of going over what you said and, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that or whatever, then, you know, these things are all swimming around just fresh in your brain. <laughs> yeah. Just at two in the morning when you should be asleep. Do you, I mean, I don't know, do you ever get that? Did you ever like, do you ever sort of like get on a, like a slight high if you like? Um... Absolutely. I mean, as a performer, you know, I'm lucky enough to still perform like after a gig as well. I, I'm very lucky to work in a creative industry and I work for myself. So I'm constantly creating. Um, so I quite, basically what I'm saying is I'm constantly up at two in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> That's just like when you're describing that, I'm like, yeah, that's just the norm. Like mm-hmm. the other the other night there, I was still awake at half four because I started to think about a song from Oklahoma, the musical, All right. and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Oh. <laughs> and I was trying to work out how I was going to approach the choreography and then that was it. Mm. I mean, obviously following a podcast is sort of idle curiosity really for myself. Uh, I mean, obviously the podcast itself is like the tip of the iceberg because there must be so much afterwards that you have to maybe edit or tweak or whatever it is yeah. so I mean how, I mean, how long do you, do you do a write up obviously as well yeah sort of yeah. I mean the edit of it it depends from podcast to podcast episode in terms of how much editing it in verticomas needs I mean essentially I could just put it out as it is mm-hmm. quite often it's just to do with like you know turning bits of it down if you know if I've been usually it's because I'm too loud so I have to turn myself down um, sometimes there's been like a tap of the table so I'm trying to edit that out Sometimes, you know, someone's asked for something to be taken out. They've said, oh, actually, I shouldn't have said that or I got mm-hmm. that wrong. Would you mind? And you're still trying to make it, you know, cohesive and flow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I'm getting better at it. It's a total skill that I didn't have before, like editing and stuff. So I've just been learning as I go. Because mm-hmm. podcasts are one of these things, I think, which people think, oh, it'd be a great thing to do a podcast. 
but the actual reality of it is is much yeah, tougher than people. Yeah, it takes a couple hours yeah, to, to edit it down, even if it doesn't need a lot. Yeah, um, no, I've got a lot of respect for, for, for you know for that because I think perhaps superficially people don't appreciate the mm-hmm. amount of work and effort that goes into it. I think a lot of you know the, the obviously the more you know famous podcasts and ones that are doing really well, people have editors, so they then just do the interview and then hand it to somebody and they edit them for them and do all the the kind of adding of the intros and outros but for me I quite like it it's quite therapeutic actually plus it's really nice to listen back to the conversation um, because I genuinely enjoy being in the moment Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know maybe a few weeks down the line I'm editing one going oh yeah that was really cool like I really enjoyed that so because I listen to tons of podcasts anyway so it's I'm just fascinated by people and their passions it's just something that I'm into so uh, it's a total joy to do and it's lovely that people are interested like yourself like we didn't know each other and um, it's just really nice that people want to support that. I, I guess you get that from the Arbalish Stones. Like when people are enthusiastic about it, you're like, I, yeah, yeah, I need that. Absolutely, I you know, it does, it does give you a buzz. Unfortunately, like when the events are on, it, I'd love to be, I'd love to chat to everybody and be really social, <laughs> but it's just, it's just not, no. it's just not reality because mm. this is normally, it's normally pretty hectic. Yeah, and, and do you have a lot of helpers and stuff? Yeah, I've got people helping me, which, great. Are, which are great. great. You know, they're, they're very enthusiastic. They, they take a lot of stress off. Because you can imagine, it's one thing, you know, the stones get lifted up, but they've got to come down again. Right. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, like, a lot of, it's a lot of repetitions. <laughs> All eyes on the stones. And then, of course, actually the whole packing up as well. And, mm. you know, yeah, well, and, like you're saying, yeah, it's, it's very physical. There's involved in that, that people won't see behind the scenes. No, it, it's, it's a fair amount of work. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, don't regret it. I mean, no. it's, 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 it's part of the, the thing, really. It, I sometimes think it would be really nice to go to a show or something like that where I can just sit and relax and just Keep chat going. away and just have a nice time. And... <laughs> yeah, I've, I've kind of thought that maybe at some point I will have a Broad Brave collective where I just get everybody that's been on the podcast together oh, yeah. just to do a bit of a... Let's do the album less sounds. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. Really? All that right, well, okay. Well, Andy can't, the original outcast, he can't come. No, that, because that would be just able, put it uh, on a weekend. Right? <laughs> no, seriously, I think I think that'd be great. I think I because it, it's all inclusive. Yeah, we'll have to find out when the date's on and have a have a broad and the brave, you know, um, podcast. Oh, you uh, can't obviously thing. see my face, but I'm pure chuffed. Like I'm, <laughs> the, the ideas are brewing. Can you so see? is that thirty four people? Did you say? Well, oh, there's more than that because I've got episodes sitting waiting okay. to go up, so there could be. About like 50 or even. Aye, I mean, I'm just going to keep going, so... Yeah, well, the SEC <laughs> seems is probably a bit... Sh- I mean, the SEC, rather, is probably a bit short notice. <laughs> It'll probably have to be 2020 20 now, I think. Okay. But yeah, but I mean, that'd be great. I mean, it'd be, yeah, it'd be nice to 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 meet some of the my, 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 well, my fellow the interviewees. Well, that's like, connecting people as well, I think. And you probably have done that in your line of work or even, like, through the stones, mm-hmm. connecting people Absolutely. you've met. Definitely. You know, like Andy did for me today, yes. you know. Most of the work that I've got as a choreographer or a dancer has been because somebody else has basically said, yeah, she can do it. Like, yeah. and I think it's really nice to support other people and what they're doing. And if that's all I can do with the podcast is get the word out about the Ardblair mm-hmm. Stones and somebody hears about it and they come to do the Stones or they tell somebody else that might be interested, then that's all I've got to offer yeah. is that maybe the opportunity of somebody. Well, it's obviously, it's, it's obviously very flattering to be asked. And luckily, I mean, it's, 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 not, it's not a 
sort of gross imposition or anything like that. <laughs> Thanks. So, <laughs> so, Good, I'm glad that you don't feel like you're No, no, yeah, no I, I mean, I, I anticipated that it would probably be a, a positive thing. Great. Which it, it has been, it is. Love, so, oh, yeah. really, yes. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, cheer there for you. That's a cheerleading, but you should have brought the pom-poms or whatever. Are they called pom-poms? So, yeah, we have to hand them back once you're finished. Oh, do you? Uh, you don't oh, get, that's a shame. Don't get ones to keep. <laughs> right. Don't get replica, replica pom-poms. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the positivity that you're talking about oozes out you. I, I get your vibe, Charlie. Oh, thank you. And um, I think it's great what you're doing. You're following a passion. It's not for money. You've got a job. You've got a very busy life. But you're investing your time in something that you love, but also investing your time in other people. Yeah, well, well yeah, I mean, it's, a lot of people get a lot of joy and buzz from it, mm. you know, and uh, I suppose it's like a, it's nice to sort of leave something, you know, yeah. for, for, for Laurent and my son or daughter, if they want to take it up. I've always had a sort of dream that the the stones will be kind of like an intergenerational thing, so that maybe some a, a, ch- a kid who's tried them then grows up into an adult. Maybe they have kids who maybe have a shot, and their the dad had a go at it. You know, Love it. that would be Brilliant. wonderful. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whatever you go on to do with the stones, there's I think it's the exciting element of you, you just never know who you're going to meet. There'll be stories that you never even get to hear about, but they're just the opportunity of that yeah. actually happening. But but, um, but I should say now I should clarify this as well. Obviously, you know it, it's great. You know the stones are great and everything, and it's it's a buzz. But there are lots of people out there who have got good jobs and they're working. They don't. There's, there seems to be like an emphasis on celebrity culture and things that people maybe have to be you know, in the public eye or they have to have lots of attention or anything. Mm. That's really not. It doesn't make you a good person necessarily. It doesn't make you like a special if you I, I, I don't really know what the right terminology is mm. doing what you're doing in a job that you enjoy and working at it there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and, and I think that it's, it's hard you shouldn't put people on a pedestal too much because yeah. we're all the same no I know you're, yeah absolutely because you're not, you're not doing this for the Facebook likes and the Instagram hits you're not that's not what you're doing it for well I mean, it's, it's a nice it's a nice thing that happens of course. but it's um, that's a byproduct but, it, but I, would, I wouldn't say that it, it puts more value into that than, than something else mm-hmm. because I think I think people can get I think people can get disillusioned yeah. that perhaps um, maybe because somebody's getting a lot of attention or successful yeah, yeah. at something that it's not necessarily all fun and games for that person uh, and, and, and you could be having a nice attack <laughs> you know yeah. it, it, you can't I just I guess I want people to be wary that what are they really after? And it's um, it's a tricky one. It's something I sort of wrestle with. Yeah, this sort of this sort of celebrity station. I'm, I'm not. I'm, and again, I'm going to quantify this, but not. I'm not calling myself a celebrity no. or any. No, <laughs> really no, not. not. No, of course. But but there is. Um, yeah, you've got to be in it for the right reasons. Yeah. I probably I probably need to think about this. I mean, it's actually quite a an in depth kind of like for instance when I started the Stones and everything. It really. Ah, uh, I'm just, I'm just, so I'm, tri- I'm tripping myself up now. It's, 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 ironically, this is probably what makes a good podcast when somebody's sort of caught off the back foot and they're sort of thinking and everybody's waiting with bated breath to see what, <laughs> what, <laughs> what piece of rubbish they're going to come out is, with. It's important. If it's important to you, then that's important to me in mm. this conversation. Like, if it's something that you want to say. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think you're spot what on. I'm, what I'm saying is don't get into something like this. Don't get into something which has got a high public thing, expecting it to change your life or t- no. to be something. It, it's, it's not like that. No, it's okay to have a hobby and it just be a hobby that you do sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, doesn't it become your job? Yeah. And that, that you're right, there there are um, things that come of that, you know, doing a hobby and then it becoming your job. Case in point, I danced as a hobby and then it became my job. 
very very lucky but it's hard work you know and I obviously work for myself so that's mm. hard yeah. <laughs> finding work and you know in the arts there's not a lot of funding so yeah it's not what you're seeing online or what you perceive things to be and isn't always the case yeah it's always the reality but you should always treat people the same and never treat people like the more important you or beneath no. you yeah because everybody's pretty much the same hmm. so yeah and the fact that you are doing this podcast mm-hmm. yeah, you don't know me yeah yeah <laughs> And from my point of view, asking you, I mean, obviously, because Andy sent me a voicemail saying, Lisa, <laughs> you should speak. It actually did send me a voicemail. Mm-hmm. It was the, the best thing ever. You should speak to Charlie. He's a lovely guy. I mean, I would like to hear it. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. Well, you put on the podcast. Is it, is it, you know, if it's, that, if it's that great, I insist. <laughs> I insist that you play it. <laughs> yeah, he was singing your praises. Yeah. Um, you know, so... Obviously, I had that kind of way in of Andy saying you should speak to Charlie, and I've said to Charlie and all that kind of stuff. But um, but still, from my point of view, I'm going, why? Why is this? Why does Charlie want to speak to me? I think there is an element of that sometimes where you think that someone is better than you or is too high profile yeah. not to approach. And, I- and, and and 99 times out of 100, when you approach that person, you realise that you just you've made it all up in your head. Totally, hundred percent. If you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. And what's the worst that can happen? Somebody can just go, no, sorry, I can't. Fine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't meant to be. So, yeah, I think it's a totally valid point to make. Like, don't put people up on a pedestal. Don't put... Th- and, don't, and don't put yourself up on a pedestal either. I mean, oh, well, it- I. For me, like, listeners-wise, like, how many hits it's getting, I have no idea really how many people are listening to the podcast. That's not why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing it because I really enjoy it. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. I mean, I, I guess in a roundabout way... Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at. Just mm. do something because you enjoy it. Don't do it for the right reasons because otherwise you can end up being sort of disappointed. You got to be passionate about the subject matter. Mm. Um, because and you, you would do it if nobody was watching. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. You've hit the nail on the head. I couldn't have said so it. That kind of yeah, dance like nobody's myself. watching. Lift the hard blade. Seems <laughs> like nobody's watching. Yeah. Just do it for the love of it. I totally agree. These are random questions that I have a list of, okay. and I just pick out randomly ones well sometimes I've picked them in advance I, sh- I should have listened to more of your podcasts no, you know? no. Are they, you do they change there's like alright so I'm not necessarily going to get the same questions no, no. first one for you are you a morning person or a night owl definitely night owl absolutely definitely that's the creative spark in you it's always night time <laughs> that's what it or, is or the, or the lazy spark one or the other I'm not really sure you could take your pick look at the same ring yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> let's go with creative spark yeah you're definitely a night owl Def- absolutely where do you not mind waiting? Where do I not mind waiting? That is such a random question. It rather suggests I go out and do lots of things and I'm in the habit of waiting for things, which I tend not to be really, so I've probably gone from being quite witty and spontaneous to totally flummoxed now. Um, well, I wouldn't mind waiting before a flu jab or something like that. <laughs> I mean, nice. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of something. I'm there with you. I'm, well, I'm just trying to think of. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of something which I would not enjoy. Um, and you know, um, if they were like, "Oh, we're really busy today. Can you just wait maybe twenty minutes?" You're like, "Yeah, totally cool about that." <laughs> there's so many. I, I wouldn't. There's so many things I wouldn't like enjoy waiting. And you know, there's this traffic and maybe like public transport or something like that. But I suppose some sort of ghastly medical procedure has got to be kind of at the top of the list, hasn't it? <laughs> That's a perfect answer. <laughs> Best gift you've ever been given. You realise these answers are kind of spontaneous, so I, I, this is where I'm going to kick myself. Everybody's the same. Okay, no, okay. You don't get to I don't, I don't get to wriggle out of no, it. No, no, no. no. Okay. Everybody, everybody's answers are totally spontaneous. Maybe patience. 
I, th- I think I, I do have a lot of patience. Um, I don't know if it came from my, <laughs> whether it was like something about my parents or, or it was a naturally ingrained thing, or maybe I'm just too stupid to realise that I haven't, <laughs> you know, the awareness has taken so long to actually, <laughs> that I haven't actually been aware of the patience in the first, you know, in the first instance. Um, that, that could be a reality. Um, but um, yeah, I think, I think I'm pretty patient, really. I, t- I don't think I get too riled up about things very often things seem to sort themselves out <laughs> anyway if we just you know try, yeah I, I think I think although my wife might say otherwise I would say patience and calm <laughs> like it that's a lovely quality to have if you could choose someone to record your favorite book as an audiobook who whose voice would you want reading your favorite book oh man well he's, he's gonna be all oh, right maybe Vincent Price he's got a nice voice mm. Um, you know, in this sort of in the whole sort of world of sort of strength and you know that kind of thing, I was, I suppose my my initial thing was Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I don't really think I'd want him reading my book. Honestly, <laughs> I think it would maybe be too sort of aggressive and, right. and guttural, and mm. maybe uh, yeah, some, something a little bit more ethereal. Lovely. So Vincent Price has got he's got a good well he had a good voice mm. and uh, yeah, some someone like that. I, I don't know where that came from. But it seemed like a good choice. I was going to—I was thinking about maybe something like Stephen Fry, but that just seemed he's all over the place, and I wanted to give Vincent Price a shot. <laughs> That's just you down at tea, actually, giving somebody a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> what does the world need more of? Maybe awareness, because that sort of harks back to people being aware of other people's situations and not judging a book by its cover and somebody you may be talking to you've got no idea of their background what they've been through um even on like a global scale you know there's a lot of things to do with uh, you know ecological things uh and again maybe more awareness i think of people maybe it's a combination of awareness and empathy i would say yeah spot on my last question which i ask everybody is what is your favorite scottish word or phrase i heard one recently which i really like uh, and it's not one that I've really heard a lot, but it's 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 quite fashionable for me at the moment. How long is it last? I heard uh, somebody pumping their gums. I love it. Yes. It's it's got a sort of rhythm to it, and it's is it like an onomatopoeia? I don't know. It's like it's got the pumping gums. It's like it's kind of um, almost sort of like kind of alliterative. It's, yes. it's, it's 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 just yeah. It's it's great. I like bumping. bumping if somebody's gums. bumping the gums. Yeah. It's not something I hear very often. Actually, it's probably quite apt for this podcast. Who knows? It <laughs> probably ties in quite nicely. And you're the first person to see it. Uh, but it's quite funny. And uh, <laughs> I just love it. And what, what, was the other, what was the other question again? Well, uh, that was it. it was, oh, right. uh, if you've got a favourite Scottish word well, that, or that, phrase. That's my favourite at the moment. I like it. Subject to change. <laughs> as, a, as are all of the, the thingamabob answers, I think mm-hmm. anybody that's been on the Pro- podcast... Yeah. Probably the second after the podcast. Is yeah, finished. Well, why did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> That's the joy that is the thing about Bob's sort of randoms, mm-hmm. you know. You've you've bumped your gums, but it's been all wonderful things. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, no, I do really appreciate you doing this and your time is very precious. It is a very important time for straw. <laughs> yes. yes, not hey. Not here. Yes, See, I, I was done. I know you're learning it. That's great. Yes. To... See, that's the when, and you said you know I said awareness, didn't I? You know, it's one of my th- and, and and you're you're aware now. Oh, yeah. so that's, it's, to- that's it. It's uh, it's contagious. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for welcoming me into your beautiful home, and I'm delighted that you're now a Brave member of the clan, 
and I'm dead excited for our Ard Blair yeah. Meets Braw Brave collective Absolutely. event. Okay. <laughs> No, we should definitely do that, and and I should say as well. Obviously, you know, it's it's uh, it's great. Thanks for for coming over and uh, taking an interest in maybe some of the stuff that I'm up to as yeah, well. Yeah, I think it's awesome. And uh, it's been great meeting you. Thank you. And I've Ditto. never, and I've yeah, I think I think we're probably quite similar in as much that you kind of you know you've got your podcast which you're passionate about and the subject matter, and I'm so it it, it has to work and it has to complement each other. Hmm. So yeah, I I had every had every confidence this was going to be a, a success. So let, let's. Do, I suppose the feedback will be the proof of the pudding. But, <laughs> but no, it's been good. So, so thank you. Thanks for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you, and I wish you every success in whatever adventure you go on next. Thank you, and likewise. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Brawn the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.